Oh, very well. You just uh, sipping a beer there? No, I was um, I was pressing record and um, sucking in through my teeth <laughs> in a, in the best mechanic way. Is that is that the way you normally work? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yourself? Not too bad. I've just had more battles with my microphone. Oh, what buzzing! Yeah, so it's got um, you've got the same one as me. So it's got at the bottom, it's got kind of a metal uh, screw thing which holds it into the tripod. Yeah, if I take that off, it gets rid of the buzzing. <laughs> um, so I think somewhere there must be a loose wire in the microphone, so I might actually send it back. Yeah, sounds wise. Not ideal, but it's uh, it's working now. Yeah, so we're all good. Uh, well. Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode five of the North v South podcast uh, with myself, Rob Turpin, and John Ellerman. Episode five, John. Yeah, I know. We've made it to this landmark number. Woohoo! <laughs> and we've run out of things to say. <laughs> <laughs> Already. Uh, how are our uh, subscriber numbers looking? Are we... Uh, well, I think I might have been massively miscalculating them, but I will discuss that with you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, we're uh, we're doing all right. You know, we're up there. Um, it's hard to tell because the stats that we get from a feed are very hard to read, um, and you don't get them directly from iTunes, so it's hard to uh, to say who's subscribing where. But yeah. yeah, I'll definitely uh, we'll give it another month and uh, and I'll release them. Right, you <laughs> See are. how we're doing. <laughs> Um, so last week we were chatting about um, Facebook a bit, which has kicked off again, hasn't it? Which yes. we could catch up with a little bit. Yeah. Um, we talked about... Well, there was the whole uh, kind of Met and Premier League rebrand for oh, yeah. Rory. That seems to um, have died a death, that well, story. It, it has. All its um, creative review um, have got a big kind of editorial or feature on... Uh, on that exact same thing, so I think they're obviously listening to our podcast for ideas for their um, for their oh, features. Yeah. Well, um, yes, but their their take on it really is uh, design. The design industry shouldn't really let the mainstream media set the agenda and set the tone for when these things happen. You know, the DNAD or the Design Council should be a bit more forthright in getting their ideas across and defending the industry, which seems fair. Let's catch up with what you've been doing. What have you been doing the last week? Uh, I finished my paintings, uh, which were the watercolour paintings for a museum in Ireland. So I finished those today and I'm just finishing, tidying those up, doing a bit of tweaking. Um, How will you send those across? Uh, pigeon. Right. Probably. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they'll all just be fired across as digital files rather than uh, actual artwork. So, have you scanned them in? Are they are they, are they painted at A four then? You can yeah. So they so they're scanned in high res, and then I've been doing a bit of kind of montaging and comping together of different elements to create the, the illustrations. And how do um, you find if how do you get rid of the uh, the, the watercolor texture on paper? I've kept it. Right. They wanted watercolour paintings. Yeah. So they're getting watercolour paintings. Yeah. It has been uh, an issue today uh, in Photoshop, but um, but yeah, I've kept it. 
So we shall see. And um, speaking of Photoshop, it's 26 years old, I've seen in one of the news. You it's know, these. Um, <clears throat> some of the... Uh, I've stopped reading a lot of design blogs or news uh, i think it's um, what did it used to be called a computer arts is now under one thing called uh, is it called creative block i think yes um several magazines rolled into one with just one news feed with, yeah. with just ridiculous clickbait nonsense in it yeah. um but i did see in there so it's 26 i have no idea what the relevance of 26 years old is um but it was interesting to look back at the old um cover art of the boxes um i think i started i started quite late at photoshop four i think yeah i think i used three but i think it was five where i kind of started using it properly yeah which i think did did they still have botticelli on the the cover artwork then i think that was illustrate illustrator was that illustrator yeah yeah. What did Photoshop have? Uh, I think it was a big eye, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, I might be wrong. Um, I'm not looking at the photo. But, the uh, um, yeah, I started with four. I used it for a long, long time. Um, but before that, we had we, we had Macromedia Studio, which was um, this was the rival. Um, mm. And they were bought out, weren't they, by Adobe eventually? Eventually. We had... Um, died a death. Yeah, we had uh, Freehand. Yeah, and, which was lovely. Yeah, I loved Freehand. Um and we used um, Xres, which was their Photoshop equivalent, where you could actually have files over, you know, two, three hundred meg in size without smoke pouring out the back of your eight, six hundred Mac or okay, whatever I think it was. I just use freehand. Yeah, it, I find it all very tedious, which is why I'm reading less and less, which is why I'm now struggling to find news items. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, a bit of a problem, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I've picked out a few things, but yeah, so so you've been doing your watercolours. Uh, I should go back, sorry, to what, you would, what you're doing. So and how, how has that gone? How have you felt about it, your watercolouring? It's been a, a big challenge, um, and for a long time it was nightmarishly difficult. I think the... What, I hadn't done watercolors for a long time, uh, 20 years or something. So I was basically teaching myself while I did it, which probably isn't the best way to do it. But um, I think one of the biggest problems I have was if I'm drawing something in pen or pencil, I kind of know the process or I know my process. So I know if something's going right or it's something's gone awry somewhere. Um, like if I'm drawing something in pen, I generally know that somewhere in the middle it's going to look terrible because just because of the way I draw. And I know that, you know, if I carry on at kind of adding more stuff, then then it turns out to be a decent illustration. But I've no idea in watercolour if there is a point like that generally in the process. <laughs> or if, you know, I'm looking at something and it's not right, is it definitely not right or is it, just on the way to being okay or so that's been quite frustrating um kind of just the not knowing where well from what what i've seen they look great i think you've got the right tone of watercolor down i think it's perfect for the for the line i I don't think it needs to be any more yeah it's i kind of got there in the end i think right Um, and it has made me want to paint more i definitely want to um, paint some landscapes um which would be fun um but while I've been doing that, the other thing I've had on is I've got a friend called John Panton who operates under the, the moniker of Meat Bingo. I haven't asked him why, actually. Uh, and he's a filmmaker. I've heard so, of him. Yeah? yeah? He did 
he, the last thing he did, or one of the last things he did, he did um, directed a video for Elba, for right? One of the music videos that uh, Worker B, I think, Lost Worker B, Last oh, Worker okay. B. Okay. Um, but he's he he makes short films, and he's got a new one that he's working on. Uh, and I'm doing some concept design stuff for it because it's a sci-fi film. So I've been working on some kind of character design and costume design, which is a very nice uh, change. You know, if I get stuck on the watercolour, I can jump on and do a bit of that, which is completely different. So that's quite nice to do. And there'll be much more of that over the next uh, few days. I've got to do design some robots and... Uh, some weaponry and some kind of futuristic landscapes. Oh. So, what is it? A live action film? Yeah, um, sort of film. Yeah. So they're actually uh, going to then make things out of your sketches. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got a, we've got a couple of his usual visual effects guy uh, is based in Australia, and we've got on board a guy in New York who does kind of amazing three D stuff. He he'd done a couple of three D renders of some of my spaceships. Um, oh, so that think, guy! Yeah, no, I yeah. saw them. They were beautiful. Yeah, so he's got he some expensive in. kit. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's going to be involved, and you know, there's 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 a whole kind of team, but everyone's just doing it for the love. And I think it's going to be a one day shoot in June. How exciting! Yeah, it's really good, and he makes these very sort of curious little quirky films, um, full of ambiguity usually. So that's quite exciting. <coughs> and uh, how do you know him? Uh, just through Twitter. Right. Yeah. A Twitter um, friend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Got a few of those. Um, yeah, there's a number of people I've met on Twitter and would consider a friend, and I haven't met them yet. It's a strange world, isn't it? It is. Um, it is. I won't jump onto our main subject yet, but that definitely uh, touches on what we're going to be talking about later. Um hmm. Uh, design news um, oh the things I've been doing what have yes, I been doing yes. John what have you been doing John um, just working like a bee um, and um, yeah trying desperately to get things off my desk that are, you know um, just piling up basically yeah um, yeah not having much fun at the moment I have to say but it's um, you know it's good uh, accounts have finished for this year um, nice you know all the, all the really nitty gritty boring things that you have to do day to day but um like I posted yesterday on um, Twitter, it's uh, it's definitely ninety percent replying to emails that don't need to be really replied to, or should never have been sent in the first place. <laughs> yeah, you need an in- you need an intern. I do. I've got two here, but they're utterly useless. Not very good on the keyboard. <laughs> they're rubbish. <laughs> they're a bit like Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> what? Well, they look great, you know, but there's no Why talent there. No musical <laughs> talent anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that means even. Um yeah, it's been a long it's been a long day. Um I keep coming on here and saying things like that. I'd really like to come on and say, yeah, I did some amazing design work today. Um I did a lot of design work. I'm designing a lot of responsive sites, which is um more faff than it really you really think it is because <laughs> you've got to design everything in so with so many breakpoints now. Yeah. Um that you're it's like designing a, an accordion or a you know a squeeze box or something because everything changes in size all the time. So, what are your main tools for web design these days? Well, I've tried 
I'm not doing enough to really streamline it very well. I, I tend to use Illustrator um, for all my comping. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't use Photoshop um, primarily because of the typography. And But all that, actually, having said that, Illustrator typography is horrendous. But ske- being able to scale is really handy. Being able to snap to pixel yeah. um, in Illustrator is really handy. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't use Photoshop at all, which is strange, isn't it? Um and uh, and then I so I come up with concepts and then I build pretty much in HTML from you know from early stages um, and I create it's sort of like the web equivalent of handcrafting a spoon from a tree trunk in the forest. <laughs> well, not so much a, a spoon. Um, no, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely looser and more loose and and easier to to work with because you are you know exactly what's happening because you're sitting in the browser looking at it as it as it yeah. happens um but i get but then having said that browsers now have become so um homogenous they you know they so, they are fairly even across all all of them that you don't have to worry so much about worrying about you know internet explorer and all this all the boring conversations that go on forever um but um yeah i tend to just use illustrator and then a code in hand by hand and then use a browser to look at it um and that's it really i sit in front of the client let them play around with the comps on different devices if they want to and that's it is that why your ipad pro comes into its own well i haven't no because you wouldn't be able to run that well i haven't really tried it to be honest um I the other tools well other tools I use are really geeky tools so I won't even go into what they are but we can um, do, we can save that for another day yeah no the excitement <laughs> a, of it eh? a really uh, slow news week <clears throat> yeah um, but um, yeah I tend I, I use one which is quite interesting called Ghost Lab which allows you to um, drop a website any web page into it and then it will serve it live um, over the network that you're on. So that you can then look at it on mobile and um, tablet and everything. But what's really cool about it is if one user is filling out a form, all of the people that are looking at that one, at the screen on different devices in the room, will see that form being filled out. So it's really nice to do, uh, to play with, um, you know, sites with clients or or with project managers or whatever. Um, So that's a that's a nice little tool. Anyway, yeah. But that's 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 all I'm doing really at the moment other than that no nothing nothing really nothing exciting at all i haven't even i haven't put pen to paper i haven't drawn anything just been full on i am and my only excitement of the week is i'm having lunch with you tomorrow yeah it's gonna be good yeah I, Looking forward to it. it's been was the last time you saw me very hungover you were very hungover yeah yeah um but actually you said it was only two or three years but i think it's a lot longer than that is it yeah yeah we've been here three years now so the last time I saw you in London for was well it would be four five years. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. When were you working for Soda? I can't remember. I was thinking that was only three years ago. No. No. Uh, well, uh, three and a half plus. Yeah. 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 Be <sighs> four. I reckon four years. Time does fly. That's ridiculous. Yeah. We're gonna have to make up for it tomorrow. I'm gonna have to give you a really big hug. Oh. <laughs> I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm from the south. We're not friendly. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in, in other new, in, in design news, have you got any news things that you've seen that are exciting? Um, well, we've had the launch of a new newspaper, haven't we? Have we? A new 
daily newspaper, which What's I can't it? now remember the name of. Right. Uh, a New Day, I think it's called, is it? Is it a printed newspaper? It is. That's very uh, brave, isn't it? curiously, uh, no, that's not it, um, it's been put together with the um, staff of the Mirror and the Sunday Mirror. Um, so it's a new kind of mid-market, um, a mid-market newspaper, a little bit like the Independence Eye. You know, they're kind of, whatever, it's 40p, kind of stripped down, independent. Um, so it's going to use stories from the Mirror and the Sunday Mirror and from the Press Association, rewritten to kind of suit this new paper, which is supposed to be, uh, have an optimistic approach and it's going to be politically neutral and they're aiming it specifically at people who no longer buy a newspaper. <laughs> Brilliant market. Which, uh, yeah, I think they want to... I think in, in some ways they're after the 200,000 people that used to buy the Independent. Now that's going to the wall, so... Well, I uh, saw... Because um, I'm going to pluck some figures from the air and you know what my uh, memory and accuracy is like. But I think that the most... that. The independent was selling was four four hundred and fifty thousand a day, was it something like that? Yeah, um, probably. At the end, when they've closed it, it's twenty one thousand a day. Is that all it was? Yep. Blimey. Um, so it's not really, you know, it's easy. I think it's very easy for them to say they're going for that market for let's say two hundred thousand. Yeah. Well, that market is no longer there, so I don't know what they're expecting to. Um, was it? Is it just going to be super cheap? Is that why it's going to? It's going to be. It's going to be fifty p. That's so still a, a lot, isn't it? It was. It was. Well, I don't know. The, how much is the Guardian now? Two pound forty or something stupid. Right. Um, it was free on Monday when it launched, and it's going to be twenty five p for a couple of weeks, and then it's going up to fifty p. Oh, it's like the Beano. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as more newspapers are going more and more online and digital. It's taken entirely the opposite approach. It's not going to be online practically at all. Um, it's going to have a Twitter and Facebook presence, but no, no website. Well, no. I mean, I guess it's going to have a website, but it's not going to be a, 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 a rolling news uh, site. Um, yes, it's quite strange. It's uh, it's come with a kind of a slab serif, upper and lower case. Um, logo on a turquoise background so it's mm. yeah, well, you have to throw up what it looks like and, uh, and I'll have a look at that I haven't, I haven't even read that anywhere but I haven't to be honest I haven't been looking at any news so mm. that's, uh, that's quite interesting um, it, it, is, it is good to hear things like that because it's really depressing looking at newspaper websites especially sites like The Guardian that have become so, I mean, you know, the the one last week, the story that they ran that you were talking about, the logo yeah. uh, competition thing, it's just utter, it's just clickbait, isn't it? I, I'm not going to say it that is. word again. <laughs> well, I'm going to try not to. But it, I, I just hate those sites that are just filled with utter tosh, absolutely jam-packed full of JavaScript that slows your machine down to a crawl. Yeah. Um, and and there seems all... to be a real lack of clarity with print design, well, you know, old-fashioned print 
newspapers, but their design, the way that they deal with articles. But even from there all the way through to Gizmodo and um, yeah, Pocket Lint, and, and they're just horrendous yeah. things to use. And I always have to turn on the, you know, I, I tend to use Safari, but they have like a, I don't know what it's called, like a read mode. You yeah. just You press the little button and... It just it's strips great. out all of the styling. And it's like, yeah, I like it. I like it like that. Can we just have the website like that? <laughs> I, think if, I think all of the print newspapers are chasing the Daily Mail, aren't they? Because, you know, Mail Online is, is it the second most visited website in the world now? Yeah. I don't um, know. I, I, you know, I only end up there accidentally, like you're yeah. in some kind of text adventure and you're yeah. stuck in a maze and <laughs> suddenly you're in that room with the angry dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> It's the the angry right wing dwarf, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know that's that's got such traffic and is obviously making so much money from all this kind of, I won't say it, but all these you know terrible little, advertorial, nonsense stuff that uh, everyone else is just trying to follow its lead, aren't they? Which is very sad. Yeah, it's a sort of it's a it's a further it's a it's the further sort of decomposition of traditional print media um and decomposition decomposing um but what i mean by that is the things they're trying to the, the things they're generating their money by i.e ads or click based you know pay-per-click or whatever it is that they mm. generate the adverts by there's no there's no weight to that is there it's not it's not there's no benefit really to the end user other than just being overwhelmed especially through the remarketing you know you go to the next site and you're still being hit over the head by the bank or the um yeah. you know the car or whatever ad you've you've seen um it's just relentless and people don't want it and that sort of takes you to the these latest ad, ad blocking things that you can now get that you know yeah. completely reject any of that kind of um, injection into the stories that you're reading. Yeah. Well, you say people don't want that, but also they don't want to pay for online. Well, news, that's it. They? Yeah, the free the free thing is. Yeah. Um, um, that's the issue. Hmm. We do like our free content. Yes, that's true. That is true. My other bit of news was something I saw in just a, an exhibition um, sort of uh, roundup. I'm trying to think what exhibition one it was for. Um, it was for a Scandinavian uh, Stockholm furniture uh, exhibition. Mm-hmm. Or S- Stockholm <coughs> Furniture and Light Fair is what it's called. And it was a, a, a desk that's been designed by a guy called, and I've never heard of him, so excuse my ignorance, but he's called Cost, and I'm going to completely uh, balk his... <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> he's called Konstantin uh, Constantin Gertich. Oh, of course. Have you heard of him, Gertich? Yeah, of course. He's very well-known, John. Is he? No, I've never heard of him. All oh, right, He's... um. Yeah, his surname, how do you spell his surname? It's G-R-C-I-C. And I'm imagining it's Croatian or that way. Yeah, sounds that way, doesn't it? But he's designed um, for Vitra um, a a workstation, a design workstation. And it's really nice. It's um, it's like a booth, um, but it's made of OSB. Ooh, um, and it's uh, but the desk can be raised up and down um and the tube can be put back to back and then one folds flat so that you could you know you can expand and move and make modular um offices really quite quickly okay. but i love osb i just you know it's something that i I, lo- I really like in for in offices we used to have osb desks in um in soda we made them didn't we? and they looked great they except, did look good. except when you needed to use a mouse 
Yeah, they didn't work then. That was my <laughs> design flaw. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, OSB is just one of those kind of completely utilitarian things that just looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, so I'll put that link on there. That's that's the only bit of news that I saw that was design related that I actually I liked. But um, other than no, that, there's not nothing f- really uh, nothing really happening at the moment, is it? Is there? No. Uh, ooh, sorry, I just uh, I just found a picture of that workstation. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, and the chairs are nice as well. Mm-hmm. Oh well, we can but dream. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite happy with my little setup in here. It is all Scandinavian. Uh, but, um, you know, it kind of does me quite nicely. What, 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 when you say Scandinavian? It's Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's, mine's Ikea. 25 quid. Yeah. Now, I've got, um, I've got, you know, bookshelves coming out of my ears and I still don't have enough of them. But, uh, and a nice big desk and then another set of bookshelves by the side of the desk, which has got my printer and scanner and everything on so kind of okay for room really but yeah maybe we'll do a a uh, welcome to my studio post at some point and we can uh, we can stick pictures up of our our working space yeah i don't think mine's a particularly uh, exciting working space but maybe for other people it will be <laughs> i spend so much time in here i don't tend to uh, really um go to town on it yeah, and then the next thing we were going to talk was catch up with um, our book of the month last week was The City in the City, which we spoke about. And we thought, we're, well, we actually, we are saying that we're a design podcast, so we might want to do some design content. So we're going to do a design book, and uh, I've chosen it out of a list sent to me by Rob. So we're going to do um, Design is a Job by Mike Montero. Uh, and he is the principal of, I think they're called Mule yeah design or something like that yeah where are they based they're in san francisco yeah um he's rather irascible um very very uh opinionated he certainly is um but he's a good design leader and um i've i actually have got one of his pieces of art on my wall um yeah yeah. Uh, i didn't know he i didn't know him then as a writer or anything i just bought it because i liked it because it's a quote from a pavement song um and he hand paints uh these sort of i think they're a four um i think he might start them really big i think they might be a one or whatever but i can't i can't can't tell you but they're basically helvetica i'm saying i'm going to say bold but it might be medium um uh, and it's just sentences that he paints in black, so the, the the they're white out of black. So he just paints the negative space around the lettering, and then scans them in, and then you buy it as a print. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And there are lots of different quotes, but this one is "I am an island of such great complexity," which I believe is a is a pavement quote, which is why I bought it. Very nice. Yeah, I've just had a look. I've just googled. Yeah. Those they're really nice. They are nice. Yeah. May th- may the bridges I burn light the way. <laughs> A good one. I think his therapist. Uh, I think he was an, an angry man, uh, and I think uh, he still is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't follow him anymore because I found him too angry. But um, yeah. he uh, he's definitely um, an interesting guy, and he has really forthright views on how you should run, how you should be as a designer, which is be responsible and stand up, and <clears throat> you know, don't be a pussy, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's an it's an interesting short book. It's in part, is it in the list of part books? It's one of those little tiny books that they produced a lot of. 
Yes. Have you got it? It's, it's like a little a. I it's only an American have it. Format. I only have it. I only have it as a, an ebook. Oh, get you with your online content. <laughs> I think it's one of two ebooks I have. <laughs> uh, no, I've got it. I've actually I got a load of those actually because it's I a great book. It is a good book, and it really does tell you to pull your trousers up and get on with it. Yeah. Um, so we'll be discussing that uh, in about in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but if you are following this and you're a designer and you haven't read it, then read it and come back and listen to that episode and join in conversation somewhere, uh, probably on Twitter. Um, we've heard from a few of our listeners, so thank you for um, getting in yeah. touch. There are some people out there who are enjoying things. <laughs> Three or four of you. Three or four of you. Um, but yeah, feedback is good. I, I actually, I went to a, a very old friend of mine who's also a client uh, last night for dinner, um, and he has been listening to podcasts, which I said, you know, you're not the target audience. Uh, I did a bit of Jedi, you're not the podcast <laughs> you're listening to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I may insult you on air, but I'm not going to because I love him. So, uh, but yeah, there we go. And what did he think? He liked it. He thought we went on a bit. Um, what? I know. Uh, I said, well, you know, I don't think he listens to that many podcasts. So, because some of them that I listen to go on for about three and a half hours. Yeah, we're quite concise, really, aren't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, we better speed on, haven't we? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so, uh, this episode's main topic is uh, I love the phrase you've coined for this. So go on. Uh, it's, well, uh, I, I said it off the cuff the uh, ages ago, and we called it it's binary middens. Is what I'm talking about. So, um, if you don't know what a midden is, then um, it's a well. I'm not going to read a, a dictionary uh, definition of what it is, but what I think it is is it's a uh, often human left pile of either of detritus. Um, so whether that's waste or rubbish or um, bits of broken pot. Um, and archaeologists tend to use them for uh, a lot of research. So they are sort of piles of forgotten things. Um, is that what you, what you Absolutely. call it? Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what I call it. I yeah. mean, up north, I, I don't know if it's the same across the UK, but a midden, you know, is anything that's a, a mess or a tip. Right. So my mother would often tell me my bedroom looked like a, a midden. Oh, really? That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's only a word that I've heard in, in archaeological terms, so... I d- it doesn't enter our vernacular at all. Ah, I see. So maybe We'd it's say just tip. northern. Yeah, maybe it's just northern. But yes, uh, so a binary midden is what, John? Well, it's a thing of where... Well, it's, it's a number of things, but basically we're creating piles and piles of digital content every day. But in the future, when people are looking for... Um, when archaeological archaeologists in the future are looking back at um us today how will they find uh out about what we're up to um where will they find middens you know of digital content and my what i wanted to do was just discuss what that means you know what what designers are doing to try and preserve digital information what we're doing to try and pass digital information on to uh our family when we die what happens with digital inheritance and digital heirs, as it were? I think is that a, a fair a fair uh, description of what that is. I think I don't think um, governments or society has really thought about this. I think I'm sure they are thinking about it at the moment, but they haven't come up with any solutions whatsoever of how to pass this information down the line, passwords, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, be an interesting sort of discussion point, really. Do um, I think Facebook now have a 
a policy, don't they? For uh, for their what happens when you die to your Facebook page? Yes, a few of them do. You can you can have a, almost like a digital Facebook <laughs> will. Yeah. To say what happens to it, it can be sort of suspended, can't it? Or it can be carried on with or without comments. Or you can create can a memorial page. Yeah. Um, it will actually, you know, uh, I think you have to. I think a lot of the sites do. As l- there's only one major social network that will allow you to delete your your profile, which I think is LinkedIn. All the others <laughs> what? will. I know. Um, <laughs> you, you're, I bet you still get emails from them when you're. You'll get recruited. Yeah. when you're in the queue yeah. <laughs> with uh, St Peter up there. Yeah. Um, have you thought of uh, being an angel? Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the rest of them, they they haven't really, you know, you have to get um, death certificates and um, all sorts of things to prove that you're um, that you're dead or you're, you're, you're not you're dead. Obviously, yeah. that would be insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think uh, they, they've started thinking about it. But I'm thinking bigger than that is, um, you know, what happens when Facebook goes away? Be, you know, it's all very well us saying, oh, you know, these, these are things are now permanent institutions. But Facebook is what? 10 years old um and there were yeah. things before it uh, friends reunited i remember isn't the average s- lifespan of these things 11 years is it i think <laughs> is that all we've got left yeah. um who who is designing these systems and what are they thinking about keeping digital inheritance because for people some of the most important things will be images of course um because now we don't have suitcases or you know bags full of um black curling, curling black and white photographs it's all stored online um and not only do you have to worry about the backing up yourself of uh, photographs but you also have to worry about how that once you've backed it up can then be passed on to other people or if you're not worrying about it then you should be because um it's really important um if you value them well that's it isn't it because i think a lot of people think that if they save something on their computer or they save it on a hard disk it's it's a permanent archive of of their stuff of their digital stuff but you know everything's got limits hasn't it you know whether it's um uh kind of files becoming corrupt or the actual hard drive itself you know breaking down or you know just just the kind of it becomes a legacy format that no one can actually access anymore yeah i mean i was sent a um I was sent a, an email by my backup software yesterday, um, which is called I've got I'm paranoid about backups because we got burgled a couple of times and um, lost a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, my backup is I've got a uh, a hard drive on the desk that it backs up to. I've got a hard drive under the stairs that it backs up to. I've got Dropbox that it backs up to. And I've got this Backblaze um, service mm-hmm. that it backs up to as well. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, I'm pretty protected, I think. Um, but um, Back, Backblaze sent through a report on hard drive failure in their um, in their servers. So I think they use Amazon. I think, I think they use the Amazon um, yeah. S. Well, I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, it's the big storage cloud thing. Uh-huh. Um, but they they actually have their own servers in their infrastructure, and they were talking about the failure rates of some of the makes of them, and they're up in the ten percent. So. Um, you know, it's it's going to happen, uh, a hard drive failure. It's not, you know, something that might happen in the future. It will happen. Um, and if you haven't got that stuff backed up, then you're going to lose it. Uh, you know, that's the end of the, 
<laughs> it makes you appreciate why the House of Commons wants to keep uh, writing Parchments. the uh, stuff on papyrus. Is it papyrus? Not papyrus, is it? Vellum. Yeah, vellum. Which is goat skin. Yeah, or cow skin. Yeah, yeah. any of those. Yeah, it has a soft side and a hard side. <laughs> that's my um, medieval uh, english literature <laughs> coming in there <laughs> absolutely but yeah you, you know you can understand why they want something that's uh not subject to um failure rates yeah but also but not not just the failure rate also but the you know the whole um obsolescence of it you know uh, we just don't, you only have to look back 20 years back to vhs um betamax um what was the one that Philips did? Was it V V something or other? V two thousand or they were massive. They were massive, massive vid- cartridges. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because there was a video disc as well, wasn't there? Yeah, and then video disc, laser disc. Um, yeah. c- you know, there was f- a funny gold CD. Th- oh no, what was it? Mini disc. Yeah. Where, where have they gone? I mean, you know, cause- if someone gave me a cassette now, I wouldn't be able to do anything with it. I don't have all no. vinyl. Oh, I got a I got a record yes. player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, four track, all those things. They, they, they've all got the the same data on them, but they're unreadable. And who's to say that formats don't go away? So, for example, I can't think of any that have really gone away. But JPEG, um, what if JPEG went away? What if it was completely replaced by PNG? Um, yeah. Where? How would you? You know, in forty, fifty, sixty years t- time, would you have to buy some kind of old? Like retro Mac, <laughs> retro, you know, you, you couldn't open up, um, yeah, and you couldn't open up any of those images that you've got. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, if you've got them on the cloud, they're going to, you know, they would move from format to format. But who's to say that those cloud services don't go away? You know, the way that Google treat their businesses, um, there's no telling what's going to happen with Google, Google Photos if you're using it to back up your images on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting. Um, but we go back right to the beginning of furkling through your binary midden. Um, you know, an, an archaeologist in the future look at digital data in the future. What will they gain from it? What will they get? And what will they see that we're learning? It's I think it's really interesting. Um, so I think part of it is how do they decide what is valid? Because I think in this digital age where it's so easy not to throw things away, um, not to delete things. You know, so you might have a... In the old days, you'd only keep photographs that were good. You wouldn't keep the ones that came back from the processing guy with a sticker on them. You'd throw those away. But now, you know, you plug your phone into your computer or automatically uploads everything to Flickr or Dropbox, and they just... Everything gets kept. No one goes through stuff. And even if you're working on things, you tend to you know, keep things just in case I need it or just in case I lose that, I've got it there. So archaeologists in the future are going to have to work out what's, what were the things that were important to us as well. Yeah, that, 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 I, I had that thought earlier when I was thinking about this at lunch. Um, and I also thought of what is it actually online that we're creating that is really that vital <laughs> to life? Because at the moment, I think we're in that, are, are we in that early stage of kind of industrial revolution where we've got these tools, but we're trying to, we're just emulating things that we already do using other tools that takes us longer. But I don't think we're yet, I think we're on the cusp of actually creating tools that do completely different things. So for example, we're trying to build self-driving cars. Now we've had cars for a hundred years now 
and we do okay in them already. So we're going to replace them with cars that drive themselves, that do exactly the same thing that we've been doing for 100 years. We're not going to be flying around in on drones or anything revolutionary. Mm. Um, but what is it that, you know, and we've invented these amazing, massive, megalithic uh, social networks that do do talking to each other. That's, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We share well, I things. If, well, I wonder if you just don't, see these things until after the fact yeah you, know, you yeah. need hindsight to to kind of spot these well even futurologists shit. are crap at future aren't they yeah so you know what what is it that we you know at the moment that is vital the things that are being created because again i was when i was going through digital inheritance so for example there was an article I was reading about, you know, oh, my God, it would be awful because you've got all your online billing. And I'm like, well, we had on offline billing before. And when, when a loved one died, a husband, a wife, whatever, it was still a nightmare for that, uh, you know, the uh, the other half to have to sort that out. It didn't really matter whether it was online or a printed bill. You know, it's still the same thing, isn't it? it, it yeah. It's not any different. Um, and just using an online service I mean, it just means you don't have to speak to somebody. It's not any different is it Look, well providing you can access someone's computer when they die well exactly that's that's yeah. that's the big problem isn't it it's not like you know you can bust open the lock of a safe or a you can bust open a lock of a suitcase to yeah, get you into can just things. wait for the utility bills to arrive and then phone them up can't yeah but when but, when it's locked yeah how do you get into it yeah so that that was really I, yeah i've been thinking about that the other thing is you know of Digital things, because they are just replacing physical things at the moment, they're not, you know, in a strata ab- above it, um, that when they disappear, they're going to be a bit like the sort of the leather and cloth of old Saxon, you know, weapons or, you know, a shield boss or whatever. So they're just left behind. You're going to have these things that are completely disappeared from. So, you know, you find an iPhone or a, an old phone or a mouse or something like that in a, in in the dirt. It's going to have no relevance, is it? Because it's its function is a digital thing, but it's physical. Yeah. It's, like um, a, a server farm will be the coliseum of the future. Yeah, it'll just be sort of... They'll, they'll think, it, you know, was this a some kind of underground, you know, hypercost or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it... it it's it's fascinating, isn't it? You know, if there was some cataclysmic event, and no doubt there will be, uh, you know, a, a big war or a cataclysm, you know, a big weather change yeah. or whatever. Um, who's to say the internet's not going to go away? And um, uh, yeah, what what will happen then? How will how will archaeologists archaeologists? I can't say it today. Um, how will they interpret our behaviour um, and what we were doing at that? You know, this small tiny point in our history because. You know, when when did the internet really go online? 2000? Uh, like people were using it mainstream? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I remember still in the 90s, we had one internet connection and one person in the office, like me, did the email. I think Yeah, I think <laughs> I was about 97, late 97, I think. That, yeah. was, that was my first introduction to the internet. Um, but, it's, but you're right, because, you know, in the future, they're going to have so little to go on. If if you take away a lot of the actual data, you know, 
Yeah. Well, the, it's not like, um, you know, I've been watching this um, and I, here I'm going to screw up an Eastern European name once more. But um, Valdemar Janicic, is his yeah. name? Yeah. Um, yeah. He uh, has got a programme on BBC uh, Four at the moment. Um, it's called Renaissance Unchained. So a, good. It's that a, was the best recommendation. Terrible typography in it. Um, on the, you know, the opening and the music is just horrific. Yeah. But... The, the um he is just i love him i think he's absolutely brilliant um he might be a bit of a marmite character for you in terms of a bit like mike montero actually that you know he's quite an angry um chap but um he's just so good at getting to you know what what is exciting about art um and uh yeah he's discussing the renaissance um and we've got all these amazing things that we can still look at paintings sculptures whatever um and then there are incredible digital artists at the moment creating amazing digital works. Will we be able to look at their work in 100 years, 200 years, 400 years? Will will that be available? Um, because, you know, you flick the switch on something and it's gone. So what are we creating? Um, I think that's really interesting. It is. I've never really thought about it. I wonder if they think about it. If mm. there are any digital artists out there, do you think about your digital legacy about how long it'll last be really interested to know yeah get it printed out and use my new printing system <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm printing out wikipedia as we speak just to make sure that i've got that just in case anything goes wrong yeah no that's good and um, with all the sponsorship bits on the top of the uh, yeah the headers jimmy world wants five dollars yeah so yeah no that's uh, and uh, yeah definitely watch that that series it's absolutely fantastic um, I've only watched the first one and a half episodes and we're oh. getting on to Hieronymus Bosch, uh, who I absolutely love. Yeah, I love Bosch as well. It's great. I've watched them all, uh, the first three today. Right. Um, the third one is uh, is all about Venice, which is just fantastic. It just makes me want to go back there. I've never been to Venice. So. Best place in the world. Yeah. Well, apart from Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Venice is just one of those places that, uh, if it didn't exist it'd be very hard to invent it. It's just so remarkable. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thoroughly recommend popping there for an anniversary, John. Well, I, I, yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely in, in the planning. Uh, I've got a friend who just went on their 10th uh, wedding anniversary. They went on the Orient Express very to nice. Venice and had a pretty good time. Yeah, it is tremendous. No murders. There were no murders were they not? on the train. No. Were they disappointed? No, they no. They had a great time. They said that it was still very, um, you know, belt and braces that you are on a rattly old train, yeah. um, which That's they loved. Want, isn't yeah, it? exactly. But it's like a three thousand pound train journey. Yeah, it'd be no, it'd be no fun though if it was kind of like the Euro style, would it? Yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. Yeah, it's something you know. Would yeah. So like artists at the moment that are working in the digital space need to think about how they store their legacy um but also you know it's something i was thinking about you know book designers for example they're producing things that are are, that are going to be kept forever aren't they they are going to be catalogued and put into libraries and you know even if they're scanned in digitally as well they're going to have backups of these things um but then books book designers as well have times in society when they lose their work don't they um political upheaval uh, just thinking of Germany, yeah, uh, in the Second World War, burning piles of books, um, and then massive uh, weather events. So Alexand- 
Electrical yeah. floods and fires. Yeah. Um, so nothing's guaranteed. So, but I guess with a a book, it's there's you know more than one physical copy, isn't there? There is now, yeah. So you know, it's not a month to... going. Oh God, I just finished <laughs> that. Spilt my coffee on his manuscript. Gonna <laughs> uh, have to do the whole book of Kells again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, if you're designing something physical, then at least you have got that these days, haven't you? You know, it's a mass production of things whereas you know if something digital you know if there's a i don't know a coronal mass ejection from the sun and it knocks out all the electrical into netty type stuff then you know is everything just gone for people who work purely digitally yeah yeah i just read um david mitchell's last well, but before last, the Bone Clocks. Um, don't know if you've read any of his stuff. I haven't. No, he, he, you'd love it. Him. He's kind of, um, yeah, it's a bit sci-fi. He's uh, a Cloud Atlas guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Bone Clocks is about the. Well, I'm going to give loads away here, but uh, towards the end, there's there is an event, and so the internet s- slowly fades away as power shuts down across the world. Um, and uh yeah it's it's really exciting to read about it mm. <laughs> it makes it you know i love that sort of threat of things come, going away that are they that vital to our lives i mean they are they have it has become massively vital um to a lot of people but there's still a hell of a lot of people out there that don't use the internet whatsoever and live lead perfectly normal lives about the the way that people keep stuff nowadays and it's not all necessarily um vital or needed or necessary. I was reading an article about uh, by some professor of things <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that he thinks there should be uh, a digital decay or digital rust, so that unless you're doing things with something online or digitally stored, that it just fades away. So images would, you know, they'd lose their colour if you hadn't looked at them in. 10 years and they'd you know eventually decay away to nothing and music would would become less you know it'd lose its clarity and I thought it was quite an interesting way of because there's you know this thing about we don't throw things away digitally as well as you know we hoard things digitally um that's a bit facetious though isn't it that kind of you know I I get I get the the thought of it but like why would something what's the benefit of it fading away what because i think we're not we haven't quite grasped as society about digital items their worth you know if you ah right okay i see see where you're coming from so so from where we were talking about at the beginning where um we take it we 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 accept we think that most things digital on online should be free um, yeah. We don't want to pay for it, but they better be bloody good. Yeah, but so therefore, having a time limit on them makes you value something. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> um, and also, I think it it just be a way. I think we need to grasp the worth of of everything digitally. You know, whether it's a a multiply backed up file on your computer or uh, a selfie or a snippet of you know, notes that you've written down. You know, we we tend to keep everything because storage isn't a problem on your computer. Um, and so we're kind of digital hoarders, 
and I think you know if things were to decay like things do in the real life, it'd just it'd make you and give you an appreciation of which things you need to value. Well, they'll they'll certainly in thirty years' time, when I look back at photographs of my daughter, will there be any difference between that photograph and what we're taking in the future in terms of quality? Um, I don't think there'll be a huge amount of difference. Not like the ones that I'm going through at the moment. That you know, they've got different kinds of borders. They look, you know, they've they've faded. They've got you know all sorts of folds and scratches across them and kids in subsequent kids in generations have scribbled on them have you had that in your family where i've just got hundreds of photos with biro marks all over them where children have just got pens and scribbled over them no yeah i've got loads um so yeah i mean there'll be none of that will there because there'll be holograms in the future it'll be boring won't it (laughs) looking back through old photos there won't be that noise in the image or any yeah. of those kind of nice things that you see in old photos. I mean, I've got, um, at the moment, my mum's given me um, my granddad's old photos from the Second World War. Mm. Um, well, he went from Egypt to Italy through Germany, um, up yeah, up through France into Germany with the Eighth Army. Although he wasn't in the Eighth Army, he was, uh, what I've found out now, he was actually in the um, the Desert Group Army. Um, which was the Royal Artillery attached to the to the Eighth Army. Yeah. Um, so I've got this big tin full of amazing Second World War photographs. Um, yeah. So I'll be posting those occasionally as I scan them and, and research each one of them. Yeah. Some some of them have got writing on the back of them, so you kind of know where it is, like Monte Cassino and yeah. All those I should things. do the same with my my granddad's photographs from the war as well. He he was in Africa and Italy as well. I think. Oh right! Did he take photos as well? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I probably haven't looked at them for 20 years. Yeah, I hadn't looked at these for a long time. So, um, yeah, it was really exciting on Saturday to go through them. Yeah. Um, but you won't have that. Maybe you would. You you fire up some sort of 30-year-old MacBook <laughs> that your crowd, granddad crowd, had. crowd around a MacBook to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a, a thing about nostalgia, isn't it? And the value of physical objects. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know... Um, a vinyl record versus an MP3 or a photograph over a JPEG or a yeah. You well, know, how would how would you feel now if somebody said you know you, you've taken a load of photos on your camera and you've now got to pay nine ninety nine to get thirty of them off to be printed rather badly and you've got to wait five days for them? I know it's bizarre, that, isn't it? Yeah, so the whole generation it, of people haven't got a clue. But that that only was a short a thing. generation. It's only twenty years, isn't it, since we really stopped using? And yeah. Not even that. You know, no, 15... 10 or 15 years, yeah. That's incredible. Well, that's, that was a good discussion. I think we should call that an end. Call that to an end because we are 57 minutes already. Are we really? Blimey. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk about any music that you've been listening to this week on in your studio, your um, self-studio? No, I will... Uh, well, let's do that in another episode. I'm still ploughing my way through uh, almost the entire archive of... Um, BBC Radio on on iPlayer. Right, because when you're illustrating, you can listen to words, can you? Yeah, I can listen to... Depending on what I'm doing, I can listen to... Because a lot of the Renaissance Unchained, I was just listening to that. Yeah. I was looking up occasionally as I was painting. Um, But I quite like talk, you know, documentaries and stuff, radio documentaries, um, while I'm working. Um, And there's a great... 
there's a great one on iPlayer, which I think is a, a Radio 3 program called Soul Music. Have you ever heard right. of that? No. Um, which every week it takes a song and looks into the history of the song and covers, you know, talks to the people who wrote it, depending on how old it is, obviously, because uh, it covers classical music as well as popular music. Uh, but it'll talk to people who perform it, um, <clears throat> conductors or musicians or singers, and it talks about cover versions. And it's a great insight into, you know, some really popular, well-known music. So that's kind of one thing. There's, and there's about, it's probably about 450 episodes available on <laughs> well, that. So you, just, you can just scroll down and, and look for a song that you <clears> love and... Uh, and kind of hear it in a different way but when so you're, that's something I've been listening to a lot but when you're designing do you find I, I can't listen to any words I, I just it just doesn't go in no I I tend to put music on and then end up turning it off yeah quite quickly if I'm you know really having to think about stuff yeah I listen to a lot of classical now because um, it just means it just plays in the background yeah um, you'll have to give me some recommendations because I like some classical music, but I don't really know what I like. Yeah, no, I definitely will. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll push that one on. We'll yeah, nudge nothing that too, one bar- nothing on. too baroque. You, you don't like a baroque? No. Baroque. Okay. Um, and have you got a pie this week? Well, uh, I do have a pie. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if we were going to do the pie no, now. No, I think we might do, do the pie tomorrow. Um, yeah, obviously. We'll I, I have got a pie. Um, I've, mine's been heated and delivered. Um, Very nice. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a short crust and well it's a porter and steak pie. Sainsbury's taste the difference, um, and uh, yeah, I've um, I'll, I'll quickly I've been I've been nibbling on it because I've been starving. But, uh, it's stone cold now. <laughs> it's nice, but it's got that you know shop bought taste. You know, like supermarkets have that. I call it like aeroplane food taste. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nice pastry's good, nice and soggy on the bottom, crunchy on the top. It's an all right pie, but you know it gets us through through the episode. But tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to check out some pies. Yeah, what's well, your hopefully, pie? Hopefully, um, hopefully tomorrow if we uh, if we have some lunch, we'll be able to uh, uh, enjoy pie because it's uh, they do uh, they used to do a very good pie. They haven't been for a while, but fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? Uh, <clears throat> this is the first time I've seen it. So I've got a pork pie yep. from, from Garston's Farm, Ooh. which is a, kind of a farm shop. Pick your own place. Uh, you don't pick your own pies, obviously. Uh, out near Isha. And it's the best-looking pork pie of uh, north versus south, I think. So far for me, it's got lots of jelly. Has it? Is it a slice or is it a whole pie? Whole pie. Right. Have you taken a photograph of it? Uh, no, but I will. Yeah, I'm just. How, how I'm just big? Going how in. big is this pie? It's uh, it's it's bigger than a, a little mini one. So it's a, uh, you know, it's like a three inches across. Mm. All right, bear with me. Hmm. Delicious. Nice and nice and peppery. Really good jelly. A nice crisp pastry on top. That's a very good pie. I think that's going to get. Um, did you score yours? Uh, no, um, I'm going to. Mine's, mine's getting a five. 
five. I think mine's getting a seven. Wow, another seven. <laughs> yeah, consistent with the sevens here. You're yeah. like Len. You're like the Len of pies. Seven. <laughs> Uh, I think last week we got six, didn't it? Uh, but yeah, this is very good. The pastry's delicious. It's, very, it's, it's a bit too firm in texture, the meat. It's very finely chopped. I yeah. like a bit more texture to it. But it's good. Cool. Hopefully tomorrow's pies. Yeah, well, they're going to be... They'll probably be hot pies, won't they? I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, I don't know why in my head I've got the fact that pies should be a cold sliced pie. You know, like sort of simple, simple Simon style pies or pie face pies. Or, or was his were his hot? I can never. remember. I don't know. He is always had a Scottish kind of, pie, didn't he? Is this the medieval lover in you coming out? <laughs> they just, I don't know. Just, just a hot pie seems slightly heretical. <laughs> well, no, I've, I've had good, one tonight. I've brought, yeah, a good steak and ale pie. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. I just think I don't know. Just a pork pie is the ultimate pie, isn't it? Um, it is. Oh, we are going to have a debate about this. You know, what, what are where are we blurring the edges with pie? Um, well, the reason that is a, a minefield is shepherd's pie. Yeah, fish fish pie. Yeah, is that a pie? Mm. Don't know. And and why isn't a pasty a pie? All this and more, readers. <laughs> Listeners, that's people. a reason to tune in. <laughs> uh, 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 any other business? Um, no, I don't think so. I didn't. Uh, I didn't pick out a, a website this week. No, but I think we've probably talked long enough. Yeah, definitely. so I'll make sure I pick out something particularly peculiar and interesting for next week. Okay. Well, I think this week we've covered. Uh, an area that we'll definitely come back to because um, the binary midden is something you can furkle around in for a very, very long time. Um, this will probably come out on Friday. Um, I'm not going to have a huge amount of time tonight and tomorrow to do it. So, yeah, probably Friday, maybe Saturday. Um, but I know you're just itching to listen to it, um, but you're listening to it now, so get over yourselves. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, other than that, I've got nothing else to say, Mr Turpin. Yes. It's been lovely speaking to you as ever. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bro. Yeah, all right. Um, and I'll, um, yeah, see you soon. Will you? Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Uh,